On today's show, we travel to the Beijing Auto Show, where John McElroy and three of China's top car designers discuss designing cars for the world's largest auto market. Coming up next on AutoLine This Week. Underwriting for AutoLine This Week has been provided by Borg Warner. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to welcome you all to AutoLine This Week, where the discussion today is all going to be about design, but not just design anywhere, specifically design in China. And to do that, I've got three of the most preeminent designers in the business here in China. Joining me today are Peter Horbury, the Executive Vice President of Design at Geely, Ken Parkinson, is the vice president of GM Design China, and James Hope is the executive director of corporate design for the Chinese company Cherry. And it's great to have all three of you here you. on AutoLine this week. It's so interesting. Here we are talking about Chinese design or design in China. We're at the Beijing Auto Show, and yet I've got three Westerners here <laughs> representing it, partly for English language considerations for the audience, but but obviously this is very interesting that the three of you are playing such a preeminent role. I'm wondering, how did you adjust? I mean, Peter, let me start with you. How do you come to China and say, okay, I don't want to just bring Western values or a Western eye set. Clearly, you've got to learn what the market here really wants. Absolutely. Um, to do that, we, we, we've uh, hired a combination, let's say. I, I, I was brought in, asked to come by a chairman, start up Geely Design, and I thought, well, to get it up and running quickly, we will need some experience. But also, to make sure we get a Chinese flavor, we bring in as many young Chinese hotshot designers, graduates as we can. So that, that combination has really worked. We've got a great team. Some of the Chinese now, three or four years in, have become directors, leading teams themselves. Uh, so I think the, that's the way, was, uh, was obviously the, the best way to do it, the combination at first. Ken, was it a big adjustment for you? Well, it was, you know, you really you come into this knowing that you've got to listen. You can't come in and just say, hey, this is how it's going to be. And, and as Peter said, you have to rely on a lot of the local talent. But I, I guess I was lucky in that GM had a facility here in Paytac starting back in 1997 where we really began doing product development work here. It took a while, but we built up a design team. And, and uh, they mostly are local guys that love cars. And, and uh, they are working on programs mainly for here in China. And I learn a lot from them about what the tastes are here, about what uh, uh, sells here versus what I'm used to maybe back in, in North America. But uh, as Peter said, you have to have that combination. And, and it's worked really well for us as well. James, your thoughts on that? Um, so when I first came here, uh, the, the design department was 100% Chinese. Uh, and I, yes, I had to learn uh, very quickly a lot of the cultural aspects because I'd never been to China before but I think design is is really more of a universal language uh, and if you look at the um, many of the companies around the world uh, depending on where they are they don't necessarily have um, you know that that nationality uh, I think a good design department has an international uh, level from from all over the world I use the analogy when you do a brainstorming is it better to have you know, like-minded people of the same age and the same de demographic, or is it better to have a room full of, you know, younger, older, male, female, uh, from different cultures? So, in, in this respect, it was challenging, but I think in design, it's very adaptable. 
What were some of the nuances that you picked up on that maybe you can talk about of where you went, ah, okay, now I get it. This is, this is what we've got to do for China. I think one of the first things I noticed coming over was uh, I was used to in the U.S. the back seat or the second row of a vehicle was you, you put seats there and seat belts and maybe an air vent and that was about it. But here, and it depends on the segment and things are changing, but a lot of folks would hire a driver with their vehicle. And so you really had to pay attention to the second row because that's where the owner sat and spent, spent his or her time. So you put a lot more features there, a lot more attention to detail yeah. than we would typically in a Western, Western market. But the other reason for that is there's one, the business side, where yes, the owner sits in the back, but also in, in China, the extended family is very important. And uh, there's mom and dad perhaps in the front and little one, one in the back and grandma and grandpa yes. have to have the, the nice seat, the, the, the comfy chair. So that's another reason why the, the rear is especially important yeah. in Chinese cars. So it's more than just adding some knee room then, you're, you're saying you're adding a lot more? Yeah, what well, yeah. we find as well as the color material plays a huge role in that because from a cultural point of view, it's very different uh, than the West. Uh, and it's, it's quite interesting, you see a lot of the Western brands, even the premium brands, really catering towards the Chinese market with light interiors mm -hmm. and red stitch lines and things like that, that also have symbolism in China. Mm. Symbolism such as what? Well, for example, red, as I understand, I'm not Chinese, but red symbolizes uh, luck. Yeah. So that's where you yeah, see a lot fortune. of red. Uh, Cherry adopts this as one of our, our mainstay colors for the show. Um, so there's symbolism in a lot of these things. Uh, that the, the Chinese designers help educate us about. And we make very sure when it comes to cultural things, we really rely on the Chinese designers to give us the input. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing in China, the face of the car is so important. This, this is... Now that's true everywhere, whole, right? Well, but you're saying more especially so here. here it, it is the character of the car is in that front end. Face, the face um, of the car. You know, we have big arguments about the, the face of the car. What is it? Where are the, where are the eyes? And you know, I know on, on the movie Cars, John Lasseter you know, was discussing where, where to put the eyes. The windscreen seemed the obvious place to us uh, in the West. You, know, you see through the windscreen, then there's the hood, the nose, and the grill becomes the mouth. But not here. The eyes are in the headlamps. So there's a completely different juxtaposition of, of grill or mouth to the lamps. But then you consider that uh, animals play a big part in Chinese yes. culture. You know, the year of the ram, the, today, at the moment, it's the year of the monkey, monkey. Be the year of the rooster next. And all these different animals, you know, they have faces, but in, in a different way. So if you look at a snake or a bird, the eyes and mouth are completely differently positioned compared with, you know, the human. So where, where we may be always looking for a, a human character in a car than not necessarily here but certainly it's a face of something yeah it's, it's very critical the um, other thing that I noticed is there's a uh, not that we don't have an attention to detail everywhere else but there's there's seems to be a different level of attention to detail um, the grills for example we, we just put a tremendous amount of work in all of the primary and secondary surfaces primary read secondary read and grills even to a higher level than what uh, I'm used to uh, back home, and it's, it's a very, very important part now, of how we do it. To my untrained eye, the designs here look busier, if you will. There, there's, there's, to your point, more yeah. detail, yeah. more character. Everywhere that you look on the vehicle, am I picking up that on that right or no? I, I think you are. I think, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I would say part of it is um, 
the the maturity of the of the overall design industry here in in China. Um, I'm, I see a big difference today from when I first came to China back in 2007. What way can? Well, I I I see a lot more. I'll put it this way: tasteful design, where um, it, quite honestly, some of it could be international. Whereas as I go back in time, 2007, I saw walking around the show here, I saw a lot more of what we would call direct copies, or just very, very, uh, to my eyes, what was kind of strange design, and I'm seeing a lot less of that today. I, I would have termed it garish, maybe garish, in the past, yes, and, yes. and now it's becoming, to your point, more international, a cleaner look. Yeah. The, the great thing is, um, at Cherry, where when I worked in other companies, you had to always be very cost sensitive about a lot of the details. On the front, um, I'm quite shocked, which basically what design can get away with, with the chrome pieces, um, which, is, which is great. They're willing to put the money into the front face. Uh, and, and like you said, maybe it's uh, for our taste a little bit too much, but there's a lot of pieces we're playing with. And this is quite, quite exciting for a designer. One thing that I've really picked up at the show here is that Chinese people are car crazy, or certainly the people here are. And I find that astonishing because this is not a car culture. Or, or certainly if you go back 10 years ago, yeah. there were so many fewer cars being made, so many people having owned them. What is it about cars? Because the traffic here is like I've never seen yeah, anywhere yeah, in the yeah. world, let me tell you. What is it that the Chinese yeah. people are so enamored by automobiles? Well, yes, and you see so many wild things on the streets that, you know, past my hotel, I see uh, wrapped Lamborghinis and McLarens in, in bright chrome, orange or green, yeah, yeah. wild Absolutely. stuff, even Rolls Royces in, uh, in pink and black wrap. It's uh, astonishing what, you, you know, what people will do with their cars as well to make them personal. Yeah. I think a part of it is, and I don't, I don't think many people realize this, the Chinese people are, are very, very focused on moving into the future. Uh, they, you know, we often hear about how old the civilization here is, which is true, but in the West people will pay a premium for an old car or an old home. Not the case here. That's just, it's not, doesn't even enter their psyche. Yes. They want the newest, they want the latest, they want the greatest. Um, and, and part of that, I think, stems from a pride in their country and how far they've come in such a short time. And, and they're looking to the future, and they know that part of that is personal mobility. Uh, they want to have the kind of a lifestyle they've seen uh, in the West and they want to improve on it and grow and grow it. And I think they're doing a great job in that. So. And what, what our research shows is they want to also really express themselves. They want to show people that they've made it, they've, they've got a car. And it, it is, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, a status symbol uh, in China to own a car. Uh, it's really also, it's, it's still seen, I think, as more of a luxury than a necessity item. Yeah. yeah. The other thing too is uh, I've been astonished to learn how young the buyers are here, far younger than they are in the rest of the world. That's yeah. got to lead you to design for a different dynamic than you might, you know, back in the U.S. or Europe. Right. I was totally shocked when uh, we were launching a car just a month ago, and it was for 27-year-olds to 35-year-olds. Well, that's quite young, but the one we launched yesterday, I'm told, is for 22-year-olds to 27-year-olds. And that just astonishes me, that a new car at 22, that's normal. 
And I, I think a lot of people probably don't know that Buick is really a major brand here, and we actually sell more yeah. Buicks in China than in the U.S. And we try also to, to uh, some of the work that we do here is for Buicks that will be sold in other parts of, of the world. And it's difficult when you have a demographic here of 25, 30 years old, and in the U.S. it's 15, 20 years more. Um, that creates some unique challenges for the design team to really overcome. But it's, it's an exciting place to be. It's moving very, very quickly here. Did that catch you off guard too, James, that there, there's uh, so much younger here? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we just launched uh, last Wednesday our new brand campaign, and it really targets young buyers. Um, and we're also with our show car, with some of our vehicles, um, there's a real conscious effort because, yeah, that's where the demographic is. Um, and it is really an interesting um, market because it is very different than, than the Western markets, which are established and probably appeal to the, to the older demographic. Ken, you mentioned that you, you're building cars in China for export to elsewhere in the world, and so you've got to keep that age difference in mind as you yes. design. How do you do that? Is it uh, you design two separate grills or you design things that can easily be interchanged? I, I think in, in some instances you do need to respond with different approaches, but you, you really like to take advantage of scale. And as much as you can, you like to keep it as common as possible. A lot of times what we get into, the uniqueness comes in the, uh, maybe how the, uh, uh, the color and trim is handled or other performance aspects of the vehicle where here in China, there's a lot of stop and go in traffic. So the, the launch of a vehicle, the braking performance of a vehicle is looked at a little differently than maybe it would be in Europe or in the US. So those kinds of things really come into play. It's not just the styling, it's, it's the overall performance and, and the driving characteristics of the vehicle that come into play as well. How did you build up a staff here? Peter, you mentioned that you've got uh, some really enthusiastic young guys. Uh, it seems like uh, the world over, being a car designer is a cool thing, but especially here. It is, and their ideas are stunning. I mean, I was at a student review two nights ago, and I was just shocked by the creativity and the imagination. Well, we, we have to sort of channel that into a producible car. So that's why we had to bring some uh, some experts with good experience from abroad, but the, the enthusiasm is so great uh, that these ideas are coming through fast and uh, we're, we're seeing uh, a development of the people themselves into uh, management roles, uh, being able to lead teams, uh, and just this fantastic combination of creativity and the ability to see it through to the feasible production is, is wonderful. James, have you had to build up a team or did you oh, step yes. into one? Uh, well, I stepped into one. Um, like I said, that was that was 100% Chinese, um, but I wanted to because Cherry's the number one domestic uh, producer for international market. We're the number one exporter, so I wanted to bring in very select uh, experts to almost drop in as a as a, a circle of influence. Um, and we've got people from Japan, Korea, Australia, Luxembourg, France, uh, Germany, uh, USA. In Canada, um, but there's only 12 of us uh, as international, and the rest are Chinese. So we've got a, quite a small team. It's only 85, but we've really got what I feel is the right team. And Canada, GM. Well, and I, I did. I stepped into a team in 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 Paytech, and at Paytech today, there's there's well over 200 people at, at that design center: sculptors, designers, uh, digital sculptors. 
And so there's been a, a history there of building up uh, awareness around the, the country of that effort. And we really have, have had a great experience attracting young talent there. Um, similar as to what both of these gentlemen said, we've got uh, folks from all over the world that are there also participating. They're a small number compared to the overall team. But my predecessor here, we, we decided several years ago to open up a, a small satellite advanced studio for GM here. And it's only about 16 people. And uh, so we've recruited for that team. And uh, it, it's been exciting because in some cases we found local Chinese designers that actually went to school in, in, uh, in the UK and, and actually cut their teeth as a designer in Europe. And so they've been able to come back here and they've been a great influence on the younger uh, folks that we've hired from some of the local uh, universities. But there's a great love and understanding of cars throughout the, the youth here, and it's, it's not hard to find uh, qualified people. And there's some very, very good students coming out of the Chinese schools right now. Yeah. The experience is hard to find, but the talent level is definitely yeah, very yeah. strong. Ken, we've seen GM bring a lot of cars over here. Some have yep. been modified, some have yep. been developed here. Are we going to start to see GM China design show up in GM designs outside of this country? Well, we, we, we're always collaborating. For example, Buick is a brand that's really sold in China and in the U.S. And so there's, there's constant collaboration between the design team in North America. And, and the brand really is, its home uh, base, if you will, is North America. So we rely on that team in North America to really own the brand and make sure as a brand standpoint that even what we do here in China lives up to those expectations but the team here influences back there so we'll have uh, a car program where we'll have the team here actually participate and contribute themes while the team in North America is actually executing it and vice versa and so it's it's great I think we all know how important those competitive juices are in, in getting the best work out of your people it's really a, an advantage for us to be able to do that. The Buick Envision is being exported from China to yes. the U.S. Was that designed here? Actually, that was designed in North America. That was my program when I was in North America. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was designed there and uh, it will be built, built here. We always want to try to build our vehicles as close to the market as we can, but, but you have to understand what's best in any given situation. And you and have respond. to have scale. You have and, to have uh, scale. China yes. definitely gives you the scale. Yes, it does. Peter, you've got one of the most unique opportunities as a designer in the history of the automotive industry. You know, you once told me if you get a clean sheet design once or twice in your career, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a clean sheet lineup from yeah. A to Z that you're doing. It's uh, daunting, I have to say. <laughs> you know, usually there's something to base the next design on, be it carryover parts or the platform or whatever, but this was a real shock. Here you are, what do we do? <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's been uh, very good, rather late in my career to, to get this opportunity, but I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's very good. And what's more, we have uh, different ranges of vehicles that we're designing for the Chinese market. Some we're designing here, but some we're designing over in Sweden, in uh, Spain, in Barcelona, in Los Angeles. We have small teams contributing. Um, so the, uh, the opportunities are many, many uh, more times than I've been used to. The ambition of uh, Geely is so big that we have, I think, 40 separate projects running uh, for China right now. And, uh, and in Sweden we have another 9 or 10. That, that's so it's an, an extraordinary enormous, enormous amount of But work. it's got to be a lot of fun, too, to have 
Don't worry about any legacy. Start yeah. from a clean sheet yeah. on everything. That, that's well, extraordinary. One of the things that we're trying to do is, is, well, we're in China, we're Chinese. Why not use that as a basis for what we do? I mean, just as I think Italian cars, the best Italian cars could not come from anywhere else, but the best German cars are very Germanic and so on and so forth, Volvo Swedish. I don't see any reason why we can't reflect the Chinese culture, which, let's face it, is a 5,000 years history of art. We should be able to bring in some of that to create a difference in the global market. And already, you know, we're putting little hints of that into our cars. The, the, we talked about the, the layers of the grill. Yeah. Behind the chrome, there is a Chinese pattern which is hundreds of years old, if not thousands, that we, we've just introduced and on the speaker grills, we've used uh, on the instrument panel the shape of a bridge which is from our Lujili's hometown, Hangzhou, a very famous bridge, but it gave a, gave a beautiful curve across the interior. And so things like this we, we're bringing in to, to add a flavor that, that reflects the country of origin. James, same with you. Uh, you've got kind of a clean sheet here, and I've got to believe that Geely is looking to export markets too. And so I've got to believe that you're also thinking about that, not just designing for the Chinese market, but the, ultimately they've got to be really focusing on going outside of China. This is, this is the point. At, at Cherry, we really need to look at uh, not only the indigenous market, which is our biggest market, but we export to uh, over 60 countries worldwide. And it's uh, in South America, where we're a very big presence. Uh, we export to Russia, ASEAN, many, many countries. Uh, and we have to take that into consideration because what, what the Brazilian customer wants isn't necessarily the same as what the Chinese customer wants. So it's a very big challenge to get this really uniqueness and this Chinese flavor because we are a Chinese brand and we're proud to be a Chinese brand, but at the same time have this global appeal. And we, we are confident we're on the right path, but yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge. You're trying to please everyone all the time, which is very hard to do. So. You mentioned uh, Latin America, Russia, the a right. uh, Asiatic uh, countries. I gotta believe Cherry's also thinking Europe and US. Um, well, <laughs> at Cherry, some point. Of course, we would like to, to be everywhere. Um, yeah, we, there's uh, you know, always some you know, ideas uh, bubbling up. And, you know, we'll see in the future, but we need to also make sure that our cars are really set 100% for that environment. Because when you go into these environments, where, which are the most competitive in the world, uh, and also the most stringent in the world, you need to really make sure, like what other companies did, you've got to really have the best product. You almost have to surpass uh, what the um, the local brands in that market are doing. Yeah, you only get uh, one chance to make a first impression, yes, exactly. as they say, and exactly. you gotta go in go, yeah. doing great. Yeah. Ken, another thing that I hear uh, about uh, working in China is, boy, do things get done fast here. It's amazing, the, the, the speed, the cadence of things that happen here, and it's, I'm learning a lot that I'm, I'm hoping to help, you know, the home base learn as well because the market here moves so quickly. Every day I'm on the road, it seems like I see a new badge on a car I haven't seen before. We did a, a, a study internally just to try to figure out how big is the C-segment market here in China. Our team was able to count 78 different notchback and hatchback entries in the C-segment and an additional 38 uh, uh, SUVs. 
And this, and this was uh, a year ago, so I suspect the numbers might be even more. But then, that um, speed is <laughs> that, that speed is also in in how things get done uh, internally. I, yes. I mean, I remember working on a, a clay model in, in April. I can't remember which year, a few years back. And we were still working on the clay in April. And in the August, I was visiting a factory. And I was just crossing from one building to another. And a very good-looking prototype yes. of that clay model drove by. Yes. And I thought, how on earth is that done? <laughs> it's spectacular, yeah. the speed. Very similar yeah. experiences where you're tuning a clay model, and all of a sudden you see a prototype yeah. drive by. And, you're, <laughs> and James, you told me happens. you had a concept car, or have a concept yes. car at the show that got done in no time. It's amazing here. We call it the Land of Miracles. We, um, we picked the sketch. We picked the sketch literally in January. And we had to deliver the car five days before the Beijing Auto Show because, because we had this, this brand event. And, and we did it. And that, to me, is very, very fast. Ken, what is it? You're saying maybe you can bring some of these learnings back? Is it just throwing more people and time at well, it, or what? I think, I think it's, that's one of the main reasons we're here. I mean, we, obviously, this is the biggest market in the world, so we need to be here. But we're a global company, and we know there are things to learn from every part of the world, and, and we want to learn those things and be, be the best that, that uh, you know, Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac can be for, for China as well as the rest of the world. I think sometimes it's like the, the old school mental arithmetic we used to do. Question, if it takes 10 men five days to dig a hole 30 feet by 20 by 8, how long does it take a million men? Because <laughs> that's what we've got. <laughs> Scale. Yeah. Often what you find, though, at least for me, is it's not the numbers of people. It's, it's how they approach things. It's the decisions they make. It's the, the hours they're willing to put in. Um, they just move very, very quickly. And Real good. I'm afraid with that we're going to have to wrap this up. Fascinating discussion. You guys must be uh, having the time of your lives over here. Great experience. But I want to thank all three of you. Peter Horbury at Geely, Ken Parkinson at General Motors, James Hope at Cherry. Very interesting. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your very busy schedules to talk with me today. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I hope all of you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. And I want to thank you all for tuning into AutoLine this week. Underwriting for Autoline this week has been provided by Borg Warner.